Hello and welcome to the Liverpool Way podcast. We're recording this a couple of hours after a pulsating 2-2 draw with Arsenal at Anfield and there's loads of talking points for us to get stuck into. After this performance in midweek, Dan Corleone sleeps with the fishes. So I'm joined tonight by, <laughs> I'm joined tonight by Paul Natton and Julian Richards. <laughs> <laughs> Jules, um, I'll start with that. you. I <laughs> love that one, is it? I know. I'll, I'll start with you, Jules, because I thought we'd win the game, and I'm fairly sure Paul was the same beforehand. But you were a lot more downbeat about our chances. So, what did you make of it in the end? It's uh, <clears throat> it's one of those finish with a flourish things because coming out of the game with a, a much more aggressive. Um, coherent second half and the goal four minutes from time and then a couple more chances the Canate chest thing um, you come out of thinking like yeah that was alright but at half time uh, that was some that was some really dire shit we were seeing um, in that first half um, and it, it, I did fear for the worst even though we got the goal just before half time um, I did fear for the worst because they just look they looked exactly like I thought they would look like they're energetic, vibrant uh, aggressive they're everything that Liverpool aren't at, at the moment um, but I will <clears throat> I will come in with a, a white hot take from this which is haven't seen them play today um, and the conduct of their fans if Arsenal win the league I would no longer be that upset because yeah. they've got a they've got a set plan, they know what they're doing. I don't even like. I, I'm not a fan of the shithousery, but the problem is with the shithousery is that nearly everyone's doing it now. So that's not an except Arsenal us. problem. That well, except us. But that's the, that's not an Arsenal problem. That's a wider football problem, right? Yeah. Footballers are cheats. They're all cheats. There's so much cheats that we have to we have to spray white foam on the pitch to stop them encroaching. And they're all cheats, and they will take liberties wherever it's possible. And now we're having that, we're having discussions about having sixty-minute games with a hard timer instead because they're all cheats. Um, so I don't, I, no, I'm not going to have a, I'm not that bothered that they did it. It's their, it's their prerogative to try and, you know, gamesmanship. It's in, it's within the margins of the rules. But they have a plan. They play within it. They've got some. They, they, they look like a team. And Arsenal's fans, uh, impeccable during the minute silence. Yeah. I think once I heard them sing about Anfield's atmosphere, which is not a chant they ever get that asked about, and the rest of it, they sang about their own team. Can't fault that. Fair enough, lads. So, I'm, whilst I'm not really bothered who wins the league, I'm no long. I would no longer be massively outraged by Arsenal winning the league. Having said all that, that in the second half, they did wilt a little bit in the in the furnace. Uh, that Anfield can become because it turns out that we should all be getting paid. I think because the players can't, the players are getting paid. Yeah. But they can't do it without without a team, without the fans backing. So I, I expect a refund on my tickets and an extra bit of extra cash in the post from John Henry for for turning up. But they did wilt a little bit in the in the second half under the pressure. But and they probably should have lost, given yeah. how the Canate chance went. Plus Salah missed the penalty. I mean, so, could easily have had I'd, two other penalties at the end yeah, as well. The, yeah, the Salah pullback, yeah. Um, but but ultimately, they didn't lose. They 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 managed to just hold on. They might they I would if I was in their position, I'd probably view it as points dropped, not points gained. Um, but I, it was a good in the end. The second half was a decent game of football, and it did not look like that in the first half. 
So whilst I've not uh, I've not completely changed my opinion on Arsenal or their fans, I can't really can't say anything bad about them today. I thought I, it it made me annoyed watching them thinking like we used to be coherent and had a plan. Why aren't we coherent with a plan anymore? Why is it we look like eleven players who who are either sick of the sight of each other and don't know what to do with the football anymore? It it was it was just a it's a reminder of how far we've fallen, how quickly they've ascended, and I suppose. If you want to be an optimist, it means that it, it's you know the turn is not is never that far away from you know from being good again. It's, you've just got to get a few things right. Whether we'll get those few things right is another matter. But um, ultimately, I came out. I didn't think we'd win. I I think I said to you and Chris earlier in the week like I'd be happy just taking points off them to 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 irritate their title bid, um, which is a really petty thing. But it's what it's what we did. We took points off them. We give them a scare. Um, so, I'm 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 not satisfied, but I'm I'm fairly okay with what happened today, to be honest. Paul, uh, I I think it's one of the strangest games I've seen um, under Jurgen, and certainly going into the game, I was not as confident as you, Dave. I said to Jules in the pub just before we met up with you, I didn't really know what to expect. I think the only thing that would have surprised, <clears throat> excuse me, would have surprised me today was a superb Liverpool performance all the way through. I don't think any result would have been a surprise, win, lose or draw. Liverpool falling off a cliff, I don't think that would have been a surprise. Um, <coughs> excuse me, but other than that, I didn't really know um, what Liverpool would turn up, how the game would go, what the performance would be like. In that first half, I lost me rag with the players. <coughs> Excuse me, sorry, for the first time. I'm still feeling the effects of it now. Shouting at the game. Uh, that's why I'm coughing. Um, I lost me rag for the players for the first time, I think, in, well, it's years. I think the only time I've ever done it under Jürgen. Um, when the second goal went in, I was absolutely like incandescent with Virgil, just like raging. Um, because of the whole, I mean, the whole kind of like, I'm not bothered, I don't care, my shit don't stink thing, that he vibe that he gives off. I reckon I've probably been, if we're quantifying these things, as big a cheerleader for Virgil as anybody. Certainly was shouting for him long before he joined us, was happy to wait for him, and I, he's been everything I wanted him to be, um, and more really, um, since he's been with us. I think it's really also important to say that uh, his injury was an absolute rip-off, um, which I think has—I think it's pretty clear to see—to say has actually damaged his career. Uh, sorry, damaged his football, damaged his game. Um, so it's important to say that. But what I can't be doing with is the whole lackadaisical "I don't give a shit" body language. If you're the man, if you act like you're the man. It's not good enough to just be so switched off in those situations. He was at fault on both of those goals. I mean, the first one, absolutely bizarre. What was he swing? What was he? What was his? What was his intention then when he got make when he made contact with the ball? But the second one, I was absolutely fuming because he was ball watching. He was just dozy. He wasn't paying any attention to where anybody was. Getting done by Jesus, absolute disgrace. And then what I don't think most people noticed was. He, he sort of walked back into the goal to pick up the ball and he gave a little shrug 
a little shrug of his shoulders, as if to say, well, whatever, it's not on me. Don't know what was going through his mind. I mean, he's obviously got a big ego, like a lot of players have, and maybe that was just his way of dealing with the embarrassments or the, the shame or whatever of, of the mistakes that were made. But I was steaming with him, absolutely steaming. Beyond that, I thought the performance was absolutely supine from everybody. Just pathetic. Jules and I, on the way back to the cars, uh, were chatting about the tempo, and it was just utterly non-existent. Tippy-tappy passing, rolling the ball to each other, on and off the ball, really passive, insipid, slow, weak, the very opposite of what everything about us under Klopp has been. It was horrendous. Uh, and, you know, doing it at a game like that at Anfield against Arsenal. <coughs> excuse me. Uh, so it was infuriating. However, it's quite clear that there was a turning point, which was the whole Shaka Trent thing. Yeah. Noticed it at the time. Uh, come back and then what caught up on some of the coverage afterwards. And obviously everyone on telly is saying the same thing. Excuse me. The, it definitely, definitely lit a fire under the crowd. Our players definitely responded, and so did theirs. And you know, I, I think Jules made some points there about how there's no coherence to how we play at our worst. I, I, I've been thinking about this quite a lot. I've got some other points I want to make about how we set up and how individual how individual players play today, and also some indications of where I think we're going next season. But Jules pointed out how coherent Arsenal are. I said to the guy next to me today, where have all our patterns of play gone? There aren't any. We were t Jules and I were actually talking on the way back about Darwin. And neither of us were particularly impressed with him today. I'm sure we can come on to that more in a second. I don't really. My point I want to make here is not really so much about Darwin, but about the patterns of play. The caveat I gave, beyond the obvious one about he's coming into a team, new country, a team that's playing really badly, is that we don't seem to have developed any patterns of play to get the best out of him. And I just don't understand that. I don't understand how that can be. I mean, I know that there's not a lot of time on the training pitch. But even so, we've had months now and we need to be developing ways of playing which get him into positions where he can score. If you think about us at our best, just some off the top of my head, some of the patterns of play we were used to seeing, the out to in. So Moen, Moen, Sadio coming from outside to inside to pick up a ball and score. The diagonal from Trent. Um, the diagonal from Virgil. The long diagonal from Virgil out to Mo. The fullback to fullback ball. The bobby drops deep, lays it off, and spins um, to go the other way and, and hit a runner in behind. Um, some of the patterns of play on the right, the triangles on the right, where Mo ends up um, getting in behind the fullback one on one with Trent, hitting the ball over after a little triangle has, uh, has created an overload there. I, we just don't see any of those at the moment. But even more worrying is that we're not creating new ones for, for the new players who are coming in. There's just that coherence that Jules was talking about that you can clearly see in Arsenal. I mean, their first goal was a case in point. The way Saka came, cut inside, just came off Robbo to receive the ball. Was just, that's just pure training ground work. That, that's just something they've done time and time and time again on the training ground. You've got a mobile, quick, intelligent player who's practised that loads. He comes in, picks up the ball, and it created a dangerous situation, which a horrendous mistake from Virgil um, contributed to becoming the first goal 
So all of that in the first half was just absolutely agonising. And like Jules, at half-time, despite the, despite the goal, I was thinking, I don't know if we can hold on to this. But then in the second half, particularly as the game went on, in fact, to the point where I can't really, I haven't really been able to process it all properly, even though I've looked at bits of it again since we got back. We were much, much, much better. I thought so many things about the game were confusing. I think we need to talk a little bit about Trent and Trent's position and what that means, if anything, for next season. I think, at first half, I don't think Trent understood what he was supposed to be doing, and I don't think his teammates understood what he was supposed to be doing. I think what Jürgen wanted as a point I think Stu made in the group chat about he wanted a double pivot in there, he wanted Trent to be there, and then Jürgen talked in his interview about the other players being able to push further up uh, when Trent tucked in there, but it wasn't working. Um, at the end of the second half, we created all these chances, six shots on target. I understand that our XG was the highest of the whole season and, it's, and like the second or third highest in the whole league of the whole season. Just a bizarre, bizarre game. And, you know, having been so up after the 7-0 against the Manx, despite the fact that there were some things to be pleased about today, I come away from it just as frustrated and confused, really, as I've ever been. There's just so many questions about this team, and I don't think we've had many answers today. So, yeah, good to get the points. Yeah, frustrated we didn't win. But, yeah, also delighted that we didn't get a pasting in, because that looked to be on. Very strange times, Dave. Very, very strange times, and quite bewildering, really, um, to, to know how to read any of it. I don't think any of us can. And I think, judging by what Klopp said, I don't think he can either. I think he's just as frustrated by it all as we are. Yeah, um, lot to pick through there. Uh, I'll start with Arsenal and Arsenal fans. Um, somebody had said something on the forum this morning that I've seen um, about Arsenal fans very rarely, if ever, sing like always the victim and stuff like that. Yeah, they'll sing sign on or whatever, but that's just it's a London to, London thing with with Northwest. It's that shitty banter, but I kind of understand that it. it's something that's always happened. But the always the victim thing's fucking nasty. You know, there's a real like there's a difference there, and. I couldn't remember Arsenal ever doing that, to be fair. Now, I've got my own issues with Arsenal fans, but it's generally related to them just being fucking overly smug and arrogant when they've got nothing to be smug and arrogant about. That That's my issue with them, really. I don't put them in the same level as like Chelsea fans who are just, just fucking rotten. Do you know what I mean? There's a difference there. And I was talking to John about it, and because like John's kind of like my Wikipedia for stuff like this, it's like so. I was like, John, yeah. have they ever sung "Always the Victim" against us? And John goes, "Not usually, but they did in the League Cup game." And he said, "But I think that's probably because they had like a bigger allocation, so you have like more knobheads than you'd normally have." He's like, "But in general, no, they don't do it." I'm like, "Okay, that's kind of what I thought." So Arsenal fans are on like, uh, although they're they're annoying, that you know, the smog, whatever. They're not on like the, they're not high on the cunt scale. You know, there's a lot of other fans who are a lot worse than that. So not really got any issue with Arsenal fans in terms of I don't begrudge their fans winning the league. You know, I don't think they are gonna win it because I think they they are exactly who I thought they were. You know, that today that proved it. You know, like Man City go 2 0 up in a game like that, we're not coming back. I just don't think with us in the state we're in now, City wouldn't have, wouldn't have allowed that to happen. Um, and I think Arsenal offered virtually nothing in the second half. They were hanging on. They were incredibly lucky to to escape a defeat there, really. You know, we've missed a penalty. We could have had other penalties. The keepers made a couple of worldy saves. And 
they just offered like one or two counter attacks when we'd thrown everyone forward because we were losing the game. So wasn't particularly impressed with them. Yeah, they were good in the first half an hour, but a lot of that was because of how fucking timid we were. Um, but I haven't learnt anything from that today. I don't take anything from it other than I enjoyed the game. That's it. And in terms of moving forward and what did we learn? Nothing. Because it's exactly what we already knew. This team cannot play without the fans, like getting behind them and giving them that little bit of extra you know they feed off the emotion of, of of like the Anfield crowd and when they haven't got that they haven't got anything we've seen it all season it's like the best performances have pretty much always been when they've got the Anfield crowd giving them like just that lift that they need um we lack energy we lack fight all of these things but the crowd can replace those things and you see that, like, today. I mean, we're 2-0 down, and at 2-0, I'm like, oh, shit. Because although I thought we'd win, we'd win the game, the other thing that I did say was, if we don't win it, it's, we're not going to lose a close one. It's like, if we if we lose, it'll be bad. It'll be ugly. And I actually had, like, I, I said to Jules this morning, I said, you know, I've got this, like, horrible image in my head of, like, them walking off the pitch and the cop applauding them off because they've just fucking beat us, like, 4-1 or something. And that was my fear. Like, although I was probably 60-40 on us winning the game, which is not particularly high. You know, there's like that's a 40% chance that we're not going to win. Um, and, but I did think if it went wrong, it would go badly wrong. And at 2-0, I'm like, oh, shit, this is going badly wrong and this could get out of hand. But then, as you said, it was like the the incident with Trent and Jacka, and that got everyone, it, like... It woke the crowd up again. And similar to like last season when it was Arteta being a tit and it got everyone into it. And then after that, we just blew them away. And it was a similar thing today, except this Liverpool is not that Liverpool. And we were able to come back and draw, whereas previously we would have probably come back and annihilated them. But um, yeah, you can't take anything from it in terms of judging the team, where we're at. Is this a step in the right direction? No, there's no steps in any direction now. We are what we are. And it's going to just be like this till the end of the season. I still think there's every chance we go to Leeds and lose. Because if we concede the first goal, do you really see us coming back? And we've come back today, but again, it's the crowd feeding off that. The players get that extra energy, that extra fight, and you see the difference. And from like from about half an hour onwards, we were brilliant today. Like I, I, I didn't necessarily agree with Jules saying about the first half and how he felt. I wasn't like that. I thought like from the moment we scored... I'm like, okay, we're right back in this now. And the key to it is don't half time came at a really bad time for us. If I said to John, like I said, if we get another if we had another five minutes there at the end of the half, I think we'd have equalised. But now it's like, well, what are we gonna do? How are we gonna come out for the second half? And I didn't know what what we were gonna come out like because we've seen before where we start slow and but we didn't, you know, we were good and we kept it going. Um it wasn't like the, the, it wasn't the whole second half high tempo, you know, flying at them. There was still, like, lulls, but for the most part, we dominated that second half, created loads of chances, played some good football, the crowd was up for it, and we should have won the game. Uh, but, you know, you'll take, like, uh, you'll take the draw because we're 2-0 down. So, you know, it's a good result from that point of view. On Virgil, I haven't seen the goals back, so uh, I don't really want to comment too much on that. But all I can say is what I thought at the time. I didn't really notice his part in the first goal, so I need to see that again. The second goal, the thing that I noticed... It bounced off him for the first goal. I know there was like a, a ricochet he, he that went to Martin Elliott. He swings his leg at it though. It's that, more than yeah. I thought. I thought that lazy thing where really he sticks the back, his leg out backwards. I, didn't, I didn't think so. I thought it was too, it was too much of a bang-bang play for that, personally. Yeah. 
When, when you say, I, I thought that at the time, when you say it back, it, there's, there's more of a deliberate action, and it's shit. Yeah. It's shit. Okay. Right, well, the second goal, the thing that uh, struck me with that is about a minute before that, or it, it may not be a minute, it was like it was not long before that, we had a good move, and Trent whipped a ball into the box, looking for a Jota, I think it was, and it looked like he was going to get there, and an Arsenal defender, I think it might have been Gabriel, it was one of the, the two centre-backs, um, got in there, got his head on, on it, and knocked it behind for the corner, it was like really good defending, and we were so close to getting on the end of that cross, and, and I was like, oh, you know, great ball, good run, but the defender's just, he's been alert, and, and he's he's got his head on it, and then you compare that with what happened with their second goal, the cross comes in, it sails over Virgil's head, and there's Jesus for the free header. I'm like, that's the difference right there. The way we're defending right now is just, it's not what it was. And people can talk about Trent all they like, but it goes way beyond that. It's just the, nah. the, the defending like as a team is, is not good enough, and the defending as a back four is not good enough. Well, in, I'll, individual I'll go one mistakes. more, Dave. I'll go one more. When you've got like you, when you've got a big dominant leader of your back four like that, and he's poor as he has been. I think he's got to shoulder more responsibility. No, he can't have his cake yeah. and eat it. He cannot be given it the big. And I love Virgil. He is the best centre half I've ever seen play for us. Um, and, and that's that's no that's no small thing to say. But I tell you what, he can't give it this whole big. You know, I, I'm the man. I'm on the money. I, I'm the ego. I'm the I'm cool as you like, and then just shrug off this kind of form. It's not good enough. It's mm. not good enough. He's the boss, he's the leader. And I tell you what, I said this to Jules on the way back. He needs pressure on his place. He needs pressure on his place. We need to sign a left-footed centre-half to put pressure on his place. He cannot go into next season seeing himself as a shoo-in for a place in that team. Now, I've got, as I said earlier, I've, I have got some sympathy with him because uh, Pickford is quite clearly, um, with that absolute atrocious assault uh, on him, um, what nearly nearly two years ago mm. has definitely changed his game definitely even if he's only changed it psychologically rather than physically although I do think it's a physical difference that Virgil feels um, that I, I've got to feel sympathy for that but the bottom line is, is you, you know you're playing for the biggest trophies this is top class football you've got to do something different you can't just continue playing as if you had what you as if you've got what you had and you haven't got it anymore you've got to do something different and it's not just about tactics. It's not just about playing with a high line. It's about being more alert, being less languid, being more on your toes, being more vocal, being more switched on and taking responsibility. And he didn't do that today. And I was steaming with him. And what really made me angry was the little, like, the shrug afterwards, as if, well, you know, not my fault. Fuck off. Fuck off. You're supposed to be the man. Fuck off. You take responsibility. The only thing I'll say is... He was definitely better in the second half. Now, that's, yeah, he that, was. that's partly we he didn't was. have to do as much defending, you know. So you can you can make that point. But he I was definitely better. Twice the game he did though. Twice he was outstanding. Game. He was absolutely outstanding today. I thought, apart from like the goal he should have scored at the end, I yeah. thought like it, you know, especially the because tackle on Jacker. Oh, it was well, sensational. He's done another one on, yeah. on on like the other side of the field as well. He like did, yeah. yeah, not long well, after wasn't that. as good as that. That was like a proper. No, the one on the one on Jacker was was outstanding. Yeah, but um, I thought he he was brilliant, and especially because in the second half when we're, we're pushing on, and and Trent just right up the pitch. Any time like they were looking to get Martinelli in, 
down that side, you know, there's a couple of times and like he's tried to, to go at Aribu and he's just had him off. Like a little, taking it off a little fucking child. He was outstanding. Thought he's had a really, really good game today. Um mm. but yeah, um the first half was it was the first half and hour was bad, but we did still have a couple of chances and there was one, the Robo one. It's like, oh Robo you know, you, you train every single day, you've been playing football since you were a little mm. kid. How can you not shoot? You know, how is your shooting so fucking bad? Because that would have been such a... Robbo or Hendo? Robbo. Well, Robbo got in Robo down, down the left. And, and it was a lovely move as well. It was oh, really yeah, good yeah, yeah, football. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah. and I'm like, oh, we needed that. You're not surprised though, sure. I'm not surprised, it's, uh, but it still no. frustrates me. You know, it, it should be better. You know, we just should be better. I, I, I just don't... It, it's hard to... It's just hard to process how someone can play football for as long as he's played football. <laughs> Every single day he's training I, and he I just can't hit the Trent, target. I think that when Trent takes a corner and it goes way, way over everybody's head out to yeah. the other side of the box, I'm like, how has that happened? There's a understand. few of them today as well. Like yeah, there was. Yeah. high corners. Yeah, I don't yeah. understand. Like, you can ping a ball without thinking. Um, <laughs> you got all this skill in your, in, in your foot and then all of a sudden it comes to a corner and you're like, nope, I'm going to loop it over everybody. Yeah. But the, with the Robbo chance, though, the, the reason I'm bringing that up is there was, I can't remember the other one, but there was like, there was two really good chances we had. And immediately, oh, it was Mo went through. Uh, Henzo yeah. played a pass and Mo's gone through and, and he's, I don't even know what happens. I know he missed the target. It was a goal kick. Uh, but after both of them incidents, an Arsenal player immediately just hit the deck. Uh, and it was, it was clearly, it was like, they've, you know, they'd been told before the game, you know, as soon as they have a chance, one of you's fucking go down and yeah, stop the game it, just to stop the crowd timed, from getting it was time to, to, it was. to do with our, our attacking moments you're absolutely right. it was and it was just it was to stop the crowd getting any momentum going uh, it, it was a deliberate thing and they kept fucking doing it and you know the, the referee was just enabling it And but you know what referees like you know I don't really want to go on about refs I think they're all shit the difference with this fella not only is he shit, I find him really offensive. There's something about his face. He just offends me. I don't I don't like him. I think he just looks like a slimy bastard. And uh, it says a lot really that you know, when Klopp said to him, I've got no problems with any referees, only you. And I'm like, yeah, same. You know, even the likes of Anthony Taylor, I mean, whatever to say about like Baldy Mank referees and all of that. I, I don't actually think Anthony Taylor is like is is that bad, and I don't I no longer think he's that biased. There was a time when I thought he was, but now I think he's just not great. Do you know what I mean? But that Paul Tierney, I fucking can't stand him. I, hate I his do face. wonder if uh, I do wonder if that that comment from Klopp influenced his, his game today. That just on the time wasting thing, um, that's been happening all season. I, mean, I think the one that stands in my mind. Uh, was Newcastle. Newcastle much earlier in the season where they did it right from the first minute? Joe Linton went down seven times in that <clears> game. I remember yeah. I was counting seven yeah. times the same yeah. player. And Hayes used to look like he was on pace to catch him today. The keeper holding the ball as well all the time and, yeah. and killing it there. What I find frustrating about it is, is that the laws of the game allow for referees to get a grip of it. But they've just made the decision to deal with it differently this season, which is to add the time on. But that doesn't disincentivize the other team from doing what they're doing because the idea is not to waste time as such the idea is to break momentum and to break the flow of the opposing team so if you just allow them to do it um, then they get what they want so what if you're adding six minutes on four minutes on the first half six minutes on the second 
you're still let, you're still letting them do what they want to do, which is stop us building up ahead of steam. Yeah. Um, and then, by the same token, why we leave it until like I don't know the last ten minutes to book somebody for time wasting? I think he booked Saka. Late on. Taking too long on a corner. Well, yeah. yeah on, why, on not that that, part, why not do that early in the game? Even Set that. Even that booking for Saka, it was purely for show. If that had been Xhaka going to take that corner, he would not have booked him. And we'll have to talk about that because he could have had like three red cards today. He got away with fucking murder, Xhaka. But the, what I'm saying is, Saka got booked because in the referee's head, he's like, oh, he's, he's not being booked. So I can make a yeah. point here and say, oh, I'm not having that. And just to be seen to be doing something when he'd not done anything about it at all. He'd allowed it the whole game. And, you know, Arsenal are going to do that. Teams do that. But it's up to the referees to do something yeah, about exactly. it. Exactly. I've got no interest in doing that about tactic. It. It's the referees have got to deal with it. I mean, why don't why aren't players asked to leave the pitch anymore when they're injured? Why does, the, why does that just go on? And and it's why, not why all injuries. Why don't they make them go off at the nearest point? Why yeah. did he let them walk? Like I mean, I, Gabriel, I Gabriel should have gone today. behind the goal. He goes down. He headed it, the ball. I know. He headed the ball, and that, it's a head injury, so he it's, goes off. It's taking advantage just, of that bullshit, though. But you know, like a, a rule that gets brought in with the best of intentions. You know, the, the, like the concussion thing. It's like we, we can't take any chances with head injuries. Got to stop the game. As soon as that that rule was introduced, and I understand why you do it. They probably feel like they've got to with all what's gone on with the NFL with concussions and all that. So. Again, get that but as soon as that was brought in I remember thinking the likes of Mourinho is just going to have his players drilled if the ball hits you on the head you fucking go down and stop the game and that's what we saw there because Gabriel he was acting like he was knocked out he wasn't moving yeah, he, was. he was like and I said to John I was like you know what if he's being knocked unconscious they have got to substitute him well do you know how you can't tell let him straight come away do you know you could tell straight away that it was absolute bullshit is that none of their players went to him? No, they didn't. They all know. they all walked about ten yards away and had a little conflab. Because it looked not bad. one of them. He's making not it one look of them. bad, isn't they, he? Yeah, they they knew they knew it was bullshit. Yeah. Not one of them went up to him to see if he was all right, and he was down for about three minutes. They knew it was bullshit because they knew that they'd been told to fucking yeah, do it. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah, it's 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 frustrating, but when referees are just not doing anything, I have got some sympathy. They've got some sympathy when it's a head injury like that. The ref doesn't know if he's actually if he's if it's the boy who cried wolf or not, so he feels like I've got to stop it. That's the rule. But you just I don't even know how you how you do anything about it. I think what you'd have to do is if it's a head injury, you yeah play on, but the physio can just run on. The physio can just run onto the pitch and deal with it like they do in rugby league. I think that's yeah. the only way to, to to stop that. So the player's getting the treatment he, he needs. But he's also lying there playing everybody on side as well. So if there's if there's nothing wrong with you, you can't be doing that. You need to be getting up because game the game should just go on. But like I don't know. I mean that's not an ideal solution either, but teams are just gonna take the piss over stuff like that and we saw it today. And it, you know, you can say you don't blame Arsenal for doing it and uh, to some extent, yeah, but I just thought like, you know, you're fucking top of the league, we're shit. You're fucking supposed to be like making this big statement, look at us, you know, this is our time. And you you you're doing that and I'm like, oh, I don't know, should you really be doing that? You can subscribe to the Liverpool Way podcast on all the major platforms, whether it's Apple, Google, Spotify, Amazon or Podbean. Just search for the Liverpool Way, leave us a review and hit subscribe to automatically receive all new episodes. You can also head to liverpoolway.co.uk and grab a TLW season ticket for just £3 a month. There's tons of exclusive content, including match reports from every Liverpool game, weekly Premier League roundups, the TLW diary and access to the members only forum. 
Lastly, you can follow us on social media at the Liverpool Way on Twitter and at the Liverpool Way TLW on Instagram and Facebook. Do you know what some of it? I am convinced of this. Do you not think this season? I mean, we we've always talked about Anfield uh, and the power of Anfield, but I really feel like this season and maybe last, um, the mythologising of Anfield by pundits has gone like off the charts. Gary Neville goes on about it all the time. Even Keane on was and today. On. And Keane Drew was Keane, teeth, but he still Keane, yeah. Yeah, and it's become, like, it's, it has become a media narrative. Now, it's always been to a certain extent. But, like, this whole mythologising of it, like, great players saying, yeah, it definitely affected us. And it's like all the players from that generation are now lining up to say the same thing. You hear Rio Ferdinand saying it. You, you know, they're all, they're all saying what a, what a difficult place to come it is and how something crazy happens there. You know, even the language Carrie uses about it has changed in the last couple of years. Carrie mm. now talks and now says things like it definitely does, does things to people. And, I, and it does. We've known that. We've been part of it, haven't we, so many times, all of us. Yeah. We've been in those crowds. We've seen how it affects um, our own players. We saw that today and how it affects opposing players. But I think some of these teams are coming here with that in mind. It's about the crowd at Anfield doing it more against us than they're doing it elsewhere because they've got in their heads how difficult a place it is to come to. That's got to be a factor in our home record as yeah. well because we've still got a good home record even though we're shite. I mean, I suppose it's a compliment, but it's still fucking really annoying. Um, all right, let's talk about our goal then. Jules, uh, do you want to do you want to uh, take this one? Uh, Have you seen it back? What do you remember about it at the time? Um, good work by Curtis down the left. Uh, yeah, with an overlap, overlap with an overlap by Robbo. Um, Jotter, it was. In. Jotter, it was. Is it Jotter? Jotter. Sorry, yeah, okay. Um, as you said, I've seen it back, and then um, flashed across goal. Did it take a touch off somebody in the middle? Hendo miskicked it. it. It was a good uh, cut back by Jotter. He picked him out, and Hendo yeah. kind of scuffed it. Yeah, and then Salah was there to knock it in yeah. at the back. Um, I was more impressed that Salah just picked the ball up and went straight to the centre circle. Did his uh, kiss the ground thing at the, at the, at the halfway point, yeah. uh, halfway line, rather after the goal, meant business. Uh, yeah, I. I thought Curtis I, 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 like grew into the game, and I was a bit. I, Chris mentioned it as well, and I was I, I was a bit surprised he got subbed when he did because he was starting yeah, to get, get on the ball a lot more, get a lot more influence. And then when Thiago came on, I don't really think Thiago did a lot. Um, did a lot of Thiago things, but not not really. Like Curtis was get starting to get on the ball and drive forward, um, which is you know we. <laughs> We're missing three things from our game at the moment. They're only small things, but we're missing we're missing speed, skill, and, and aggression. If we get those three sorted, we'll be all right. No, just a, just a few things. Yeah. But at least he was bringing some 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 skill and some speed, because we, the, the the tempo was just awful. It was like it was like it was akin to slapping a wet fish on a piano. There's no there's no rhythm. There's no tempo. It's just bang bang bang. We need to get that. We need to get the tempo up. A bit more. When the crowd gets up, that's when the tempo gets up because the crowd demand it and the players respond, and that's why it's so bad away from home. That's why it's like it's so lethargic away from home. Yeah. Um, and when we do up the tempo, we do start creating chances because that's the other thing is, last year we were all complaining that we were making loads of chances and not scoring them, and now we're not making lots of chances, and the chances we do make, we're not really scoring unless you name it. Your name's Bournemouth at home, or Manchester United at home. We're not. It's just it's the same thing except with less chances. 
Yeah. So <clears throat> I was a bit surprised the Curtis came off, and I think you've said it a few times this week, but and you, you certainly said it today. You're right. He should just be, he should just start every game. There's no point in playing Cater. There is no point in playing Ox. If they're managing his minutes, fine. But whenever his minutes are available, start him and play him because there's no point in playing the other two. I'd even I'd even like if it if it's at the expense of Thiago, then play him above him as well right now because again, well, how old's Thiago? Now? 32. He's not the future either. There's the the midfield needs energy and it needs enthusiasm. We need and to see what we've I, got with Curtis. That's the thing. Yeah, we, like, we we you're play right. Play him and let's to, have a look and see. We do need to assess it. And again, what I found, what I found from him in the second half, he was actually like trying to make stuff happen. Like not yeah. the cocky, yeah. the cocky kid Curtis Jones, but at least he was doing. He was. Um, <laughs> sorry, just something that's coming to my head. What the fuck was Nunez doing? Down on the down on the left hand side, in the second half when he came on, when he sort of was like doing these half step overs on the ball, it was it went on for about five yeah. or six seconds. Because nobody came to show for a pass, and yeah. it was like, what am I yeah, supposed to like, do? Yeah, it was but, weird. But the Arsenal players seemed to stop and go, "What, what fuck's this thing? What's happening? What's going on here?" The reason that I think of the Nunez thing is because Curtis was starting to get some joy down that left hand side, starting to to cut in get. Getting, getting, getting at the at the Arsenal back four on that side, the back, the defenders, the uh, the wing backs or whatever you want to call them on that side, and I was a bit disappointed for him to go off. Um, yeah, me too. Is all is all really? I don't know. I've lost my train of thought. I, do, you, I, do you know on do you know on Curtis the point I want to make about him is I mean he's he's become a convenient whipping boy for someone who's barely played all season. You see this more. You see this a lot online, I think, where people are just kind of like writing him off because he's, even though he's RB played, he's got to be part of the whole get rid, start again thing. But what annoyed me today is I, there were there were audible groans in the ground in the first half. Uh, with a couple of times, he, he got the ball under pressure and he was a little bit weaker on the ball than you want him to be. Or he received a ball that was like maybe overly ambitious, he struggled to control it. Nothing horrendous. But you hear groans, and yet there's nothing similarly directed at more senior players no, who are doing true. similar things. And it does, it, honestly, it boils me piss. You know, why it's easy, it's easy to pick on him because he's young and he scouts. You know, I thought Fabinho was poor in the first half, and there was nothing aimed at him at all, absolutely nothing. You know, the senior players need the shit directed at them, not the kids. It was, it's a, just a joke, like the way people pick on the easy targets. I just feel like with Curtis, he's like one mistake away from like people getting on his back and, yeah. and it almost got to that stage but then we got back into the game and uh, and everyone was like back on board again uh, And but I think the reason for subbing him it's probably just to do with being careful with him you know easing him back in I, I don't because he, he did play quite well I don't think there was any performance reason why you would get him off and he was starting to have more of an impact as well so the timing of it was a little bit odd and I thought Thiago was he was rusty at, at, at times but he also did some absolute quality things as well there was like the little pass that he played to Trent when he just sort of let the ball run past him and just flicked it into Trent's path I'm like oh that was absolute quality Don't, uh, I noticed he was stretching for loads of things stretching for tackles but also stretching for passes you know he just seemed right off the pace yeah which is understandable because that, yeah, that's a yeah. tough game to come back into the way it was the yeah. way it was it was like the pace of it was just like phenomenal. 
Um, we got to talk about the the incident with the linesman at half time. Um, I didn't actually see it at the time. No, same. But I was making my way down, like downstairs, and as I'm walking along the row, I heard the fella in the row in front. He just went, he went fucking hell. He went the linesman's just elbow Robbo in the face. And I looked on the pitch and I just seen like Jota's going mad and Hendo's there and the referee books Robbo. And I'm like, what's happened there? I, th- I just thought the guy was exaggerating. I thought that can't have happened. So then they get downstairs and we're talking to Steve and Ralph downstairs. And Ralph's like, did you see that with the Lions one? And I was like, what happened? And he went, he's just elbowed Robbo in the face. So then I'm like, okay, so that's like two separate people have seen it. And I'm looking at like the monitors downstairs because they, they have Sky on. And I was like hoping that they were going to show something but all they showed was the aftermath of like players arguing with the referee and Robbo getting a card so I still didn't see it until afterwards and you see that and you're like no you just you can't do that it's a deliberate like reaction do you know what it looked like it just looked like roid rage because I mean look at that linesman he's like a fucking upside down Toblerone big fucking triangle shaped prick and that just looked like an instinctive reaction like someone's in a space and that's, that's how he would, that, is, yeah. that's how he would react in that situation yeah, and like, I agree. that's not a normal reaction that, that you would do in that situation but he didn't have any control of what he's doing it was an instinctive thing and I'm like that says a lot about you as a fucking person if that's your natural response to somebody being there um, I mean what do you think will happen to him Jules I don't know um, I <laughs> I don't know. I've, it's it's a weird one. Depends where his explanation is. I'm guessing. I would get. Are their mics recorded? Do they have recordings? Yeah, they I keep, think they, they are. Yeah, it? yeah. So they'll they'll be listening to that. It doesn't look good. As you said just before we started, I'm not sure it's they are unnatural. recorded. Well, whatever it is, it's you're right in saying that it's an unnatural motion of the arm. Like I I don't know what really you could be it's doing aggressive. with your arm. It's definitely aggressive. Mm. I don't really know what you could be doing with your arm like that um, with someone so close to you. I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be casting aspersions about roid rage or something like that. No, I'm saying that's what it looked like. I'm not saying he's on steroids. But when some big fucking and then, triangle and then, like, shape like that. To, to, to um, <laughs> uh, but, I mean, the PGO, uh, PGMOL have already said they're going to investigate it. So they, it, it doesn't look good. It is a weird motion. It's only a linesman though, which is a weird thing to say. Cause like, uh, like if he gets banned, who's gonna give a shit? Like we're not gonna get anything for it. He's just gonna get banned. I wouldn't, you know, he's not gonna, he's not gonna lose his job or anything. So it's one of those you go, yeah, that is weird. All right, and what else? I'd be more impressed if he had thrown a punch. That'd been like a proper spicy. That that'd have been interesting. Just, that is very strange. I see a succession right. of banks have lined up to kind of like cast aspersions on Robbo and all of this. You know, like Roy, yeah. Roy Keane called him a baby and then Paul Parker on Twitter repeated that called him a baby. Paul and like, Parker. Like, 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 yeah, why why does he think his opinion just, on anything is just, relevant? Just basically copying what he's said, Roy what Keane. What does David May think? That's what I need to know. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Edinburgh. Anyone got Luke Chadwick's thoughts on it? Yeah. <laughs> I, I thought Robbo was anything but a baby. Robbo doesn't like fling himself to the floor or visit... Or, Visibly recoil. It clearly hits him, and he clearly reacts. Yeah, there's that's just Roy Keane shtick, yeah. though, isn't it? That's just Roy Keane shtick there. That saying he's a baby. That's uh, that. That's just his old mo. 
a, a little bit of sour grapes from, from Roy Keane as well, I think. But just strange to be casting any aspersions on Robbo there at all, because he hasn't done anything other than just have a conversation with the liner, which every player in the world does. And also, that, that liner's performance in the first half was a fucking joke. That's why Robbo's pulling him up. I mean, <laughs> he gave a free kick in like uh, right, right by the corner. And what actually happened is like, you know, sometimes when a player like is expecting like contact from the back and they just the the DD Haman flop, yeah. and Jesus did that. Except the player behind him had backed off and was nowhere near him, and Jesus just flopped to the floor with nobody around him, no contact, just a blatant dive, and straight away his flags up and straight away Paul Tierney's running over. Yeah, free kick, free kick, and that was like one of several incidents that that got the players pissed off because that linesman was he was a fucking clown, and Robbo's like obviously saying to him at half time, "What are you playing out? You know what? What the fuck was that? What was this?" And that's what he, he's, he's not aggressive. He's not going over and grabbing him or anything like that. He's going over to have a conversation. And his, his initial reaction is to immediately put an elbow up in the face. So I, I don't know what will happen to him, but I think a three-game ban would probably be about right, um, whether that happens or not. I mean, we don't get any benefit from it. It's like, it's not about us. You know, it's it's definitely not about us anymore. We it's not affecting us in any way, shape, or form now. But you can't have a linesman doing that. He should be, he should get a ban for it. And um, the problem that I've got with it is if he does get banned, he needs to be told he's not refereeing. It, it, well, he's not going to work the line in our games, and they're usually like the part of a team, aren't they? So that would also mean keep fucking Paul Tierney away from our games because if he does get punished for that. You cannot let him be like coming back to Anfield or refereeing any of our games. You can't have that because he's going to bear a grudge. This is the same twat who didn't send Robbo off at Tottenham. Uh, sorry, who didn't send Harry Kane off for the tackle on Robbo at Tottenham. And then later on in the game, Robbo ends up getting sent off. So he's the same linesman who's involved when Kane didn't get sent off against Robertson. Um, so Robbo's obviously pissed off about like about that because I, I still would be if it was me you know and I just feel like you can't you, whatever happens now he can't be allowed anywhere near our games anymore because he's going to be accused of being biased against us now regardless because he, he, what's happened with him and Robbo so you, you can't put him in that position again where he's officiating our games and if they work as a team well then that means no Tierney as well which is obviously a good thing because I don't want him anywhere near our matches in future so um, yeah, I, I think it's a it's a difficult situation for them because they've got to do something. They can't they can't not act when he's done that. There's got to be some kind of punishment, but it's probably going to be yeah, just sit this weekend out and then you're back next week. But I think it should be more than that. I think it should be three games. I mean, there's some people calling for like life bans and all stuff like that. Behave. It's it's not that serious an offence, but it is serious enough that something should be done about it. Yeah, agreed. Uh, right, so second half, I thought we started well. We, we had them penned in. Pressure was building, and then we get the penalty. <laughs> Fucking hell. I mean, Mo's got to not be on penalties anymore, surely. You've got yeah, to hit definitely. the target, Dave. You cannot. I mean, this is this is what I mean. I, I had Stu's voice in my head at this, at this point, because he's right. You cannot be the man on that money, and that's your bread and butter of your job. He can't not hit the target. Second on the bounce as well. It's it's bad, like it's really, really bad. Missed four You've of eleven. To, four of his last yeah. eleven. 
Yeah, it, 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 it's it's just not good enough. That is not good enough. That's basically it's you know a penalty is still should be a pretty much a guarantee of a goal, um, and particularly when you're at, at, at Salah's level, and it just that that isn't good enough that at all. I think he had his previous miss in his head, obviously, but even so, he's got to be able to handle that. He's got to be able to deal with that. It was crap. It was really really crap. Yeah, Jules, who would you have on pens now? Milner. Well, he's not on the pitch most of the time, is he? Fabinho? Milner. Milner. You, ju- you just bring him on? Just bring him on. <laughs> you bring no, him on I, to take uh, it. Do you know, you, you, it's, you're right, because it, it'd have to be Fabinho, but I was looking at... Because I'm not, I've never been a big fan of celebrating penalty awards because the penalty has not been scored yet. I never go like... I never got like... People go mad around me because they've been awards like, well, hang on a second. Let everyone settle fucking down. Let's see if we score it first. But after he'd missed, I was looking at, at, at who was on who was on the pitch, and I was thinking, "Fucking hell, there's not there's not really anywhere out there else I, I would trust like on a regular basis to take penalties." I'm not sure why that is. Fabinho um, all day for me. Yeah, it, no, it would be Fabinho. But I wouldn't have Fabinho on the pitch though. So well, that's a well, that's if he is on the pitch, yeah, he should be taking them. Well, that's why it's Milner because if Milner's on the pitch. I wonder mm. if Gakpo might be. He strikes me as somebody who's like technically good and has got a calm head about him. But it's all noble, isn't it? We haven't seen him take one. Gakpo looks like he hits things too straight. Yeah. I mean, Darwin took them for Benfica, but... I, I wouldn't let Gakpo, Darwin anywhere yeah, near the penalty. I wouldn't... Neither would I. Even though he did take them for Benfica and like watching his, his YouTube compilation when we signed him, some of his pens were like really composed and that, but no, I, I wouldn't either. Uh, and then we may as well talk about that so he, he's left out which I wasn't happy with actually I'll, t- I'll tell you a story about this so I'm leaving ours earlier and I message John I'm like I'll pick it up at half past and I get in the car and I'm driving and then I'm, I'm stopped at the lights and I just glanced at my phone and I seen a message from John and it just said you know okay sound didn't know if you'd still be going because Darwin's out and he was just, it, this wasn't confirmed at that point, but there was rumours doing the rounds that he wasn't in the squad. So I seen that, I'm like, oh, for fuck's sake. And I was just, I was like, it just took all like the, the stuffing out of me because like I say, I said like, I think we'll win today. But that was because in my head, it was the same front three that played against United. And I was like, okay, yeah, you know, it's Anfield. It's like, I fancy us to, to, to win the game. And then Darwin's not playing. I'm like, oh, fucking hell. So I'm like proper down in the dumps. So like, I've got music on the car, I'm driving to John's and I've got Lady Gaga on fucking blasting, like born this way, it's fine, and it's blasting and I'm like, I'm just trying to like not think about the match so I'm just like singing my head off in the car, driving down the motorway, I missed me fucking turn off didn't I, I ended up up having to drive up to to the height and turn off and turn round and come back and then go to John's end so it set me back like 10 minutes because I just missed the turn off because I wasn't paying attention because I was just singing like along to Lady Gaga to not be thinking about Darwin not playing that's like that's what we're reduced to at the moment that's how bad it is um, but yeah so he doesn't play and then he comes on after what was it it was an hour was it when we made the substitution yeah I think so and he has the one on one he goes clean through and at no point did I fancy him to score when he went through took too many touches didn't he he never looked like he had it under control and he was comfortable nah. did he it just nah. looked like hard work and he yeah. should have had one to control it and then pulled the trigger his body was was too. Um, you could just tell by the body shape as well. He wasn't set, and he wasn't going to be. 
he wasn't going to get a required angle needed yeah, to, too um, straight, to get past he? Ramsdale. Mm. He was, yeah. It was just, it was obvious before he, as soon as he ran onto it, it's like he's come onto that from the wrong angle. Because that's from like years from watching Michael Owen play. Like Michael Owen was like the fucking king at getting getting and the right Sadio angle onto well. a through ball. Well, Sadio's different again, right? Because Owen was Owen would run onto it and he'd, he'd have the body shape and he, he it would straight away. But Sadio is so strong. And he was like, he, he, everything bounced off him. Like, n- not like everything bounces off Nunez, but not in a good way. But players would bounce off Sadio because he was so strong. And like, he was like rubber. He, he, his ability to like stop, change direction, go again, go really fast. It's it's just, it's one of the things we're missing. Not, you know, Sadio himself, but also this front player who can, who is strong, who is, who is skillful and is quick as fuck. And like can oh, go from a, start, That's what we need. a standing start, whereas like I'm sure Nunez is fast, but he never seems to put the afterburners on and go past people. I'm like I'm, I'm sure he's like he's struggling a little bit with form because it's just not gone that well this season. Stop for start him. for him as well. That's the frustrating thing. It's like, I just come back to the points I was making before. I don't think we've really thought through how we want to use him and how he's going to integrate with the rest of the team. Or if we have thought it through, we haven't been able to make that materialise on the training pitch. There's no pattern to play. You tell me a pattern of play that we're using involving Darwin. I don't no, know one. There's, there's I, c- no. I couldn't tell you one. There's well, nothing there. It doesn't help that he's not playing in the same position every week either. If you like, because he no, come on and through, the middle, through the middle today, today. Yeah. usually he's on the left. So it's it's not it's not like conducive to building up any kind of understanding, is it? Um, but you saw that little bit of pace getting through, going through. But then, but so you have you have the the elements, the, the dare I say raw elements. But they're not put together. He doesn't need to put it together uh, on a consistent basis. You just so you you burn past the defender. You make the space to be able to get the shot. But then you're taking a touch too many. You've got your body shape wrong, and all you're doing is skiffing into the arms of the goalkeeper. You're making Ramsdale look like Allison in one on ones. Mm. But then that, just, that comes with a run of games as well. It, know, do, it does. And all, but but also, like, it's it's also. Sh- Shooting when you're not, sh- you shouldn't be shooting, and then not shooting when you should be shooting. It's all this kind of stuff as well. It's just all very chaotic, but not again, not in a good way. Mixed up. It, there's no refinement to it. It's just a blunt instrument for, from him half the time, and it's just again coming from Sadio, who might have been a blunt instrument, but it was a well, no, he wasn't a blunt instrument. He was like a fucking sharp as fuck dagger, like fucking shining in the darkness. He was just uh, it. It's very dispiriting going from a player like Sadio, who had all the raw ingredients put together to make a perfect package, to, to having someone who might have those, but is not is very far from the perfect package. But and in fairness, Diaz is the replacement for Sadio. Darwin isn't. The fact that he's playing on the left wasn't the plan. Do you remember when we signed Sadio? Do you remember when we signed Sadio? There was all that talk from Southampton. That he's dead inconsistent and he's dead raw and he doesn't really deliver consistently. And then he came to us and he was absolutely boss. In some ways, I know there are different players. I mean, you know, I don't think we've got a single other player who's got that kind of warrior spirit that Sadio has, and we need that badly. Like, but um, in some ways, you could you could offer the same criticisms of Darwin. Now he just seems to be um, very raw and very inconsistent. He looks like he needs coaching. Lots and lots and lots of coaching. Um, My pushback and... to that would be: it's different playing for Southampton and being and, I, and like you won't get as many chances. 
you don't dominate games as often and so the inconsistency is more likely at a team like Southampton than it is at a team like Liverpool yeah, I, I'm not. I'm not necessarily saying arguing. That's my point. I'm saying that that was what was said no, by no. Southampton fans, um, and I'm just. I'm what I'm trying to do. I'm scrambling around trying to find mitigation for Darwin, and also maybe to find some light because I have to say, um, I, I've gone from being as almost as enthusiastic as Dave about Darwin to thinking, oh, come on, show us something, lad, show us something, um, and I, I'm seeing less and less to be honest at the moment again though I think that a lot of that is just because of the whole in and out thing and getting subbed off and then starting on the bench he's not got any rhythm yeah and it feels like uh, yeah. ever since you the World right. Cup he's not had any sustained run of games and he and, definitely deserves the benefits of the doubt in my view but, but I, I, next do you not season, think though because like, we're saying about him not getting the run of games why is that is, is it sports science related like did he not start today because Klopp just wanted to play Jota, or was this a case of he's not trained? I can't see why anyone would want to play Jota right me now. Me either, but but it, like the, there's all stuff goes into it that we don't realise in terms of like off the ball, what we want to do, and all of that kind of thing. But is it that, Plus or Klopp's is it sports science? More text photos of him. Is it like he's not trained on Thursday <laughs> or whatever? So that means he can't start. How, uh, how much of it is fitness related, and how much of it uh, is performance? I'm also coming back to. I'm starting to think, and this just seems ridiculous really and when you think about how brilliantly run we've been for so long is that has there been a coherent plan about the recruitment for the front line because how have we ended up overloaded with less players who favour the left side um, and like more than one player seemingly for the same position when we need to rebuild all the way across and I suppose it comes back I mean the, 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 you've got to watch out in a situation like we're in now where you don't sort of like you know, throw the baby out with the bathwater in terms of the solutions that you're looking for and just say, rip everything up and start again. And also see problems where there aren't any. Overstating things that, that are probably very, very trivial or um, and seeing those as factors for why we're so bad. But I have to say that even when, even when, we, um, when we sign Gakpo and you see that Gakpo's played on the left, we've got Diaz who plays on the left and then we start putting Darwin on the left. That was also Jota's role. Initially. And it was also Jota's role. And then we haven't got anyone to understudy for Mo who really is made for that side, apart from Doak. And there's no way Doak could be Mo's understudy, even at, no matter how good he might be or how, at that age, with that lack of experience, you can't be hanging your hat on that. And then you look at, well, the point we were talking about outside the chippy today, just starting to think about why, why things are not quite as they've been. Blows my mind the Julian Ward in what should be his absolute dream job you know a scouser a red he gets the top job must be his dream job surely less than six months into the job he puts his resignation in there's something there that just seems weird really really weird and it strikes me that that real coherence that we've had in our recruitment at this you know from this perspective at this point doesn't seem quite as coherent anymore now that might change with a great pre-season bit of time under the belt some proper time to train them and drill them in new patterns of play because we've made that point numerous times tonight that that's what we need to see from them now um, but it just strikes me that just you know d- did we know what we were going to do with these players when we signed them were they part of an overall strategy and it doesn't really look that way to me when you see the the, the preponderance of players who favour the left hand side and certainly you know I'm broadening the point out further again here and also touching back on what we were talking about in the pub is that if we're going to be there are going to be some changes in the summer 
I'm advocating for absolutely not rip the whole thing up, but I'd like to see Klopp be a bit more ruthless with a few of these players, the senior players, and move some on that are probably not expected to be moved on. Two or three of them who you weren't really thinking were going to go would go. And one of those for me will be Jota, picking up Jules's point really. I will be looking to move Jota on and to sign a right-sided player for the, for the, uh, for the attack um, because we've got too many for the left. Um, I, I just, it's weird. It's really weird. And I think Darwin's current form fit and the context of our season just kind of like fits into this concept that the, 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 the clear, coherent planning that's been a hallmark of what we've done under Klopp, certainly over the last five years, five or six years, just seems to have wobbled. Um, it's just strange. It's really strange. And I just, I just don't see with Darwin clear progression that we know what we want to do with him. And they were able to get it out of him. And I take what you, the point you're making, Dave, since the World Cup, he's not had the run of games, etc. But it is odd. It is weird. Yeah, I said a lot of that on the last pod in terms of was Gakpo part of a plan? Like, or did he just come available and we thought, yeah, we'll have him? What was the plan for signing Darwin? Where was he supposed to play? What was the team going to be set up to do? There's, all, there's a lot of questions which we'll probably never know the answers to unless, you know, unless Pep writes another book. Um, but I think he's learned which his I won't lesson read there. after the first uh, one yeah I didn't finish it either I've, I've had like three goes at reading it but each time I just end up putting it Shite. down usually like we have a couple of bad results and I'm like fuck off I don't want to read what he's got to say um, but yeah there's there's a lot of questions um, but one player is definitely not going to be here is Bobby but he's come on and saved our bacon there today and I think that was he level with Fowler for goals against Arsenal and now he's beat him or did that goal draw him level? I know there was something with like Fowler's record against Arsenal. Um Dunno, and, I didn't see that. Yeah, and but, I th- but fair play like I was not particularly thrilled about him coming on, I'll be honest. I said to John, I was like, No, I wouldn't be doing that. I said the only reason I can think of for putting him on is because he's got a good record against Arsenal and then lo and behold, you know, great header, brilliant play by Trent. Great header by Bobby. He had Zinchenko right off, didn't he, Trent? Yeah, he megged him, didn't he? Just yeah. actually, you know, um, the Trent and Zinchenko thing. We may as well talk about that because it was a bit like I don't think it was as pronounced with Trent as it was with Zinchenko. But the game started, and I'm like, where the fuck's he playing? Zinchenko's like centre midfield most of the time, and the the left Gabriel was was taking care of Mo and I'm like that oh, surely that's something we can exploit here because they weren't playing with it with a, a left back occasionally like he'd drop into left back but mostly he was in the middle and Trent was doing it to to a lesser extent but it was still like a noticeable tactic um I felt very noticeable from Trent it yeah, was but just, like he was it just right wasn't as pronounced Fabinho. as Zinchenko because he was he was in midfield pretty much the whole time it was just uh I think we may have done that because that's what Arsenal do, and we've we've just gone like kind of like for like, and I, I don't know. But it was. Uh, I, I wonder if it's a way of. I wonder if it's. I don't know. I mean, I'm putting loads of things together here, and maybe just coming up with something completely pie in the sky. But listen to a little bit about a little bit of Klopp's interview afterwards, and he was talking about how, you know, bemoaning the fact that people say when we're struggling defensively we have to drop deeper, and he's insistent that we have to push higher. Also putting that together with the fact that all these players that we look at signing for midfield seem to be attacking eights, eights or tens, as, as, as we were saying um, before the game. And I think you may have said on the last pod, Dave. Um, I yeah. think that's a way of... And it also may be, in some senses, trying to address some of the Trent's issue. Um, 
it is that's I think it's a way of I think it's indicating how he might go with Trent next season in that still playing right back but obviously having more mobile midfielders and I, I do think he's probably going to target a new number six as well um, and Trent will tuck in there and that will allow everyone else to pile forward and to play higher and to push higher up the pitch so it'll give us more control in the middle and allow more players to push on um, and then you're relying on Trent being able to get back across the right back but also having more mobile fitter players on the right who can cover for him a little bit as well and he, um, Klopp also made the point as well which, you know, again, in the Sky coverage analysis afterwards that I saw, um, the analysis of the, their first goal, you know, the criticism of Trent again. Klopp made the point that it's that's Canate's job to get over there. It's not Trent's job to cover that ball in behind. He, he made that, he didn't, Klopp didn't make that point in response to a criticism. He just volunteered it himself. Is that he wants the centre-halves, in fact, he didn't say Canate, he said the centre-backs have to cover those balls over the, over the full-backs because of the way we want our full-backs to play. Yeah. Um, so I just wonder if he's angling up, if if he's already we're starting to see him thinking about what he's going to do with Trent next season, and if it gives us an indication of the sort of players that he's looking to sign because he wants an even more high up the pitch attacking counter pressing team. Mm. Possibly, I mean, Jules, what do you think about Trent's performance today and his role moving forward? I thought it was okay to date, to be honest. Uh, I created a goal. Uh, they did try to target a couple of times in the second. Half when they were, when they were stuck trying to get out they, they when Trent was pushing out they tried to get over the top there but doesn't everybody try to do that at the moment yeah um as for his role next year it's hard to see because are we sticking with what we how we play now um and sort of is there a right back you're gonna sacrifice a lot aren't you if you get it if you if you recruit I've, I said previously we're, we're going to need another right back because he can't play all the time for, for the very simple fact he can't play all these games all the time he's going to be burnt out by the time he's 27 28 because he's played so much so young but if you're recruiting another right back you're not going to get another trend because there's there's not really any player who's going to want to play backup out there no so you're, it, you're either fundamentally changing how the side plays, which might have to happen anyway after this season, and then you you can move him, or you sort of leave him there and accept that whoever's playing next to him is going to have to do a lot more coverage. And like Hendo does a lot of, sometimes does a lot of the work in, in sort of tracking back into those positions, but that hasn't been happening that much this year, partially because Henderson's not been playing as often either. Um, so... I've never been a, a massive fan of of Paul's permanent midfield campaign. I don't know really why. I, it just doesn't feel right to me. I, I know that's like that's not really a great answer, but it, it's never felt like that's the right position for him for me. Yeah, see, I, I think I, I think Klopp's. I think I don't think Klopp's gonna. Maybe I, I don't know if I was clear enough before. I don't think Klopp's gonna put him in midfield. I think Klopp is going to try and create new solutions by rather than have him push wide and push up, tuck in to give extra cover to allow other people to bomb forward. I think he's going. I think he's going to almost play like, yeah, and play like a double pivot in there. With the, I think he'll be a new number six because I don't think Fabinho is up to it, and I think Klopp knows he's not up to it. Um, I, it will need to be somebody who's much more mobile and much more aggressive next to him. But I think he's. I think today was possibly a hint of where he wants, of how he wants Trent to play. But he'll still, at all the times, drop into the right back position. 
But I just think Klopp doesn't see Trent's role at all as a defensive role. For 95% of the time he's on the pitch, he's not there to defend. Um, he's there to be creative and to fill in other gaps. And he wants the centre-halves to cover those traditional full-back balls. That's not what... He doesn't want Trent to, to deal with that. He wants the centre-halves. That's why you want fast, aggressive, dominant, one-on-one -on -one defenders at centre-half. Um, and Canati is that. Virgil used to be that and doesn't seem to be anymore. Yeah, and it's as Jill said that I I am in that camp as well. I've never been one for a move Trent into midfield. I have started to waver recently because I, I'd like to see it. I just I think especially now we've got nothing to play for now. I want us to try some things and have a look at some things, and I I would try. Well, that's probably my biggest criticism of Klopp. My biggest criticism of Klopp this season is I think he's hung Trent out to dry, really, and not given him the protection or done anything to resolve this issue. He should have been clearer about the fact of what he expects from Trent and what he doesn't expect. And he should have also done more to protect him in the team. And if this is an indication that he is now starting to think about how he uses Trent to maximise his strength and minimise his weaknesses and address the fact that other teams have found a weakness that they in our setup, in the team setup, around the position where Trent ostensibly is, uh, if this is a move in that direction, then great. Because the point that I feel very strongly about is, for me, Trent is our most talented player and we absolutely have to be building a new team around that talent. He's absolutely fucking superb. And if we're thinking that we don't want Trent in the team, then we're fucking idiots. He's absolutely sensational. Uh, and it's Klopp's job to find a way to uh, make that, to harness that for the team in a very, very positive way. I just wonder if... I, and I, maybe it's complete shite, but I just wonder if what we've seen today is a, is a, is a hint of how things are going to go, where he, he does tuck in quite a bit, and that allows all the players to bomb on. But it will require more mobile midfielders than we've currently got. It'll require players with more legs who can cover more ground and get up and down more. You know, a Bellingham who can play box-to-box -box if he wants him to. Mount who can do the same. I think the, the, the Trent issue for me is it's more... If we're going to play him right back, well, we need to get back to being boss again. Because if you're playing him right back and we're shit, you know, we're not dominating games, it's just this is what's going to happen. It's just going to get exposed all the time. But if we're playing really well, as as we were, it's not an issue. So I think that's the thing. It's like if you're going to play him there, we'll fix it. Because we can't carry on like this. It's not fair to Trent. You know, he's he's like targeted by other teams. He's getting targeted by the media and everybody. Trent this, Trent that. Well, yeah, but the main problem is this is only happening because we've been shit. When we're playing well, it's not a factor. It's nothing to worry about. So if if like if things are not going well, I do think you've got to look at maybe playing him occasionally in midfield. I want to have a look at it to see if it's an option because I'd still play him right back pretty much. 90% of the time but like say for example we're going to play Arsenal away we might not be dominating that game like possession wise and you've got Martinelli just like because he went Martinelli went past him like today at least twice like he wasn't even there he just blew right by him and got to the line and it was danger he wasn't doing that to Canate you know Canate was, was snuffing out the danger he went past Trent he did it in the first minute actually and then it happened again now He's going to do that to a lot of fullbacks. That's not a Trent issue. That's just how it is. But in games where we might not be on top like that, then if it's a new right back or even if it's putting Joe Gomez in for like just that solidity, I want Trent in the team 
if he's not necessarily like playing right back, but I want him in the team. So I want to have a look at him, I, at least in a couple of games this season, like before the end of the season, let's at least have a look at that. But I'm, I'm not holding my breath. I don't think it'll happen. But I, it is something that I would like to see, just because it might be an option moving forward for next year. Yeah. Is there anything else you want to touch on there? Have we missed anything? Don't think so. All the penalties at the end, like the the, the, oh, the, the yeah. two on yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh I thought they were both penalties, but I've not seen replays of either of them, so it's it's well, tricky. Well, I, I, I've seen them, and I think they're both penalties. But then you've got some of the pundits equivalent about it, saying it's nothing. But Mo just gets Mo just gets fouled all the time and gets absolutely nothing. Mm. And I think for both for both of them, he was impeded. There was also Virgil had his shirt pulled in the box second half. And nothing given for that. Never and just, you know, down, just just the thing about VAR. You know, VAR was supposed to shut down all of this. They've they've definitely had the ability to look at those things, and they just haven't. I don't believe they've looked at it. It's not like they've looked at it and decided it's not to answer. I just don't think they've even bothered. Mm. I just, you know, it's he it, it was definitely impeded unfairly. One of them, at least one of them, two hands on his arms to pull him back. It's just cheating. It's cheating, pure and simple. Yeah, stopped yeah. him, knocked him off his balance, stopped him getting the shots away in the way he wanted. You know, affected his timing of the shot. It's a penalty. Yeah, I I don't expect to get both, but when you've got two like that, you would think surely like we should have got one of those. But because it's Mo, he doesn't get anything, as you say. It, it, you know, it's and I think we get nothing. We've, we've been nothing. too soft with that though, because the statistics are there if you want to use them about like he's never in the top 100 most foul players and all of that stuff you know the stats are there we could have made a, a big fuss over that if we'd if we wanted to but we've just never really never really gone down that road and, and do you remember that, that whole he's a that, that he's that whole he's a diver narrative yeah. from a few years ago when he clearly wasn't and never has been you know that's all kind of quietly gone away now no one accuses him of diving anymore but what the flip side of it is is that no one's now saying why is he not why is he not getting free kicks for the, all the times he's kicked and impeded and pulled. Yeah, shite. Yeah. Um, okay, so we've got Leeds next. Uh, there's no point doing like a, a in depth preview on it because it's eight days away. Who knows? He'll be fit for that or whatever. But just a quick overview on on what we're expecting, Jules. What what are you thinking there? Oh, defeat. Yeah, usual away. Same. We're so bad. Same. We're so bad away from home, and then our season and against teams season, down there as well. Yeah, and they lost. Our, our season was virtually over once we lost to Bournemouth, so there, there's nothing to play for. Whereas they really, you know, they just got tonked today now five one by Palace. So I don't actually know what state they're going to be in, but they needed a a, a fuckload more than with than we needed. So. I would expect an evening game. Ellen Road's going to be up for it. We're not going to be up for it. Uh, one nil header from a corner. They'll be high energy. We'll be really insipid and shite. Um, we, we've done well, our worst performances have been away from home against the teams at the bottom of the table, and that's exactly what's coming, isn't it? Mm. I just, I've got zero expectations of anything good. It's going to be grim, I think. And often those those terrible performances have come after, you know, good Anfield performances. Like, okay, we didn't win today, whereas we beat City, we beat United. Yeah, but... usually because a home away game comes after a home game. Yeah, but what I'm saying is when we've had a really <laughs> encouraging home performance against a good team, we followed that up by going some like yeah. a relegation well, fodder. We've, be, we've been shit. we've been like all right away at home most of the season. Yeah, and then we go away from home and we forget how to play. Worst away like record we, we... at Southampton. 
it's like we go away and we've left the tactical instructions back at back at the fucking training ground and we're like oh well it can't be that difficult just pass it about boys and run a bit and we'll be okay it's just they leave, they seem to leave Liverpool without any tactical fucking nous whatsoever so is that all three of us expecting a defeat at, at Leeds then I, I wouldn't go as far as expecting a defeat what I'm saying is I don't think it'll be good and I don't really know what to expect I just think we're so unpredictable but I don't feel optimistic at all really don't yeah I think we'll lose if it think comes down to the first goal if we score first we'll win the game if we don't we'll lose because we won't come back if we go behind I, I am expecting us to be pretty incoherent. I don't think there'll be much, much, much that'll be impressive about us at all. I think it'll be insipid, incoherent football. What happens in terms of the results? Who knows? Don't know enough about Leeds. I just know Leeds will probably be run all over us. Yeah, they do. That, that's the way they play. I mean, they were actually winning today, and then they've just capitulated. But I feel like that makes it even harder for us now because they'll be wanting to to bounce back after like you know a, a pitiful. 5-1 home defeat to Palace I think they'll be like flying and we'll just stroll in there like with our low tempo fucking half arse type of performance away from home and yeah I, I can just see that being like a, a pretty depressing night but I mean Klopp was saying at least we've got some we've got a we've got a, a good week now long, just over a week to prepare and on the training pitch it'll be good to get them all on the training pitch yeah take nothing I don't think that helps us <laughs> yeah, Diaz being back that though that's the only thing Diaz back agreed I'm made up to see him back. Like, I missed him so much because he's like, he has energy. You know, he's one of the few that's actually got that energy. So, yeah. Was he on the bench today? No. No. No, he was never going to be involved. Klopp said he's not but he's, this, so he's, this game. But he's but likely to be in the squad for Leeds. The, the, he said the plan is like fully ready for Leeds. So, it might even be like in contention to start that one. Don't think he will, but. Like, Do you know what worries me about Diaz? I, what worries me about Diaz is that we've got this player here because of the context of what's gone on around and the early initial, the early impact he had when he came in is that we've all got a false impression of how good he is because his numbers are not amazing in terms of goals and what have you. Yeah, he's had exciting moments on the ball and he's created some things, but the sample size is very small. And I suppose I'm being tainted here by what we've seen what what we've seen this season. But I I have got a question mark about Diaz in my head. I'm not like thinking. Here's our saviour coming to coming to save our season, or is he's going to really transform the way we play? I be I think it's more likely that he's going to be infected by the shape that's affecting everybody else because every other outfield player has been affected. You know, it does it does concern me really about just just coming back to that thing about the front three again. God, I think this is the most depressed I've been on the pod for years and years. Um, but I just I just I'm I'm really worried about the coherent plan up front and the fact that we're not really seeing the patterns of play and the players are not having continuous runs of form and how do we know what these guys are really going to be like? Um, I I don't know. I don't know. I think, uh, yeah, just Diaz being fit again, I guess, was obviously the the, the starting point in terms of looking for positives because it's obviously a good thing to have him available. I I hope he does come back and, uh, and starts firing. But either way, I think we need to see more end product from him from what we've had so far yeah I think that'll come now I'm not worried about Diaz but he's not going to transform the season because the season's fucked but I just want to I meant in terms of performances yeah I just yeah, want to come I'm back in and, and look like himself and then I mean I, I, the season now for me is all about next season it's about you get things in place that's going to that's going to get kicks make it a, a faster kickstart to uh, the next campaign you know that we start to develop roles for these new players 
so they so, so we know how it's going to work next year. That that's that's the key for me. I think that's what probably what we're starting to see. That's kind of what I was touching on with the trend positional thing um, before as well. You know, I think I just wonder if Klopp is now starting to think ahead to right. This is how I'm going to use you when these players come in. This is how you're going to play. That's probably how we've got to look at the rest of the season. Really, it's a it's part of the preparation for next campaign because there's very little left to play for. Yeah, anything to add to that, George? No, no. I, the the only thing I forget what Diaz looks like. He hasn't played for so long. He's grown his hair. And then I, oh, yeah, and then I saw. I was about to say, and then I saw a training picture of him. It said Diaz, and I was like, no, it's not. He's got all his hair. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, he's, it's the classic. I've been out for six months. Just gonna grow me hair because I've got nothing else to do. Yeah. Um, I don't. I can't see him starting against Leeds because. We never we never bring players back from long term injury and start them. They always start on the bench and come on. Um, yeah. And if is anything as rusty as Jota, it'll need the rest of the season just to get into any sort of fitness rhythm, let alone any sort of form. And Paul makes a, a good point. Like because he's been out for so long and because we've missed the season's been such a shit show, we've missed that spark. It is easy to forget that he he wasn't scoring a lot of goals when he was in the team. He he wasn't like bringing in the numbers that we needed need him to. So, yeah, it's a nice downbeat way of ending. Well, I'm excited to have him <laughs> back. I think he'll, he'll give us a boost, and it, if, you're just if excited to have anyone with a, z, yeah. a Z in their name in the team. No, it's it, I'm pleased to have him back. I just want right, like I'll, someone who's who's direct and will try things and give us something to actually get excited about watching because it's been lacking for, for most of the season so yeah but I'm not sure you'll back. get that straight away from I, him I, I, think, think, he's, yeah, I think he's just so a natural long. I think he's just a natural mm. footballer he'll just, he'll just hit the ground running it's a long time still think he'll hit the ground running he doesn't like whereas Jota always looks like someone who's going to take ages to get back I don't see Diaz being in that mould I think he'll just come back and be good straight away but yeah we'll see we'll see do you think Jota will ever score another Liverpool goal Uh not at this rate because I think I, I think he might get sold in the summer and uh, the way he's playing at the moment I just, he just doesn't look like scoring no he's won as a pen today but he, I don't think he had a shot did he no no uh, and he was okay today he wasn't he wasn't shit today he's gone, he was, he he's gone from everyone saying oh he's like Robbie Fowler yeah. to a fella who goes a full year without scoring he's like Arthur Fowler yeah <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and on that note very good yeah, we'll just call it a night and yeah we'll be back after Leeds so thanks for listening and we'll catch you soon the best word I can say but uh, we'll describe this was boom <laughs> Ooh, what was this it was really good